Welcome to The Property Wolf, a podcast that delivers news, insights, and practical how-to tips for investors in the South African property market. Here is your host, Kat Wolf. So as this COVID um, crisis continues, I think it's becoming more and more obvious that the real impact of COVID-19 is going to be felt in the economy um, and, and certainly for a long time ahead as we um, continue almost indefinitely into, into lockdown and economic restrictions. So I thought I would bring you Jonathan Kohler. Um, to um, come and have a chat to us. He's the CEO of um, Lansdowne Investment Properties that that services a bunch of different sectors in the property market um, to give us a little bit of an overview as to how the impact of COVID is affecting the property market across the board and just get his feelings as to where we're at and how um, the market is generally handling things. So welcome, Jonathan. It's great to have you back with me. Thanks for, for joining us on our Zoom call. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Thanks for having me. So I think let's just start. I'm quite interested to get a bit of an overview from your management company's um, perspective as to where tenants are at in this in this crisis and what percentage of tenants are you seeing defaults and what, what does the market look like out there? Uh, yeah, so it's been quite interesting. I mean, when the, when the lockdown first happened, sort of 28th of March, sort of time you know we were expecting a drop off on the rentals that tenants were paying um and we did have a slight drop off i think our our stats in that sort of month was about 15 percent um um of tenants didn't pay um whereas usually there's sort of like a three to five percent uh, percentage of tenants not paying um, you know, but we couldn't really tell at that point in March, you know, because because lockdown only happened on the 28th of March. Um, people had sort of already been paid for that month, you know, because most people get paid on the 25th. Yeah. Uh, you know, so chatting to our, our rental portfolio administrators now, you know, there's about a 25 percent, 25 percent of tenants haven't paid yet. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the. I think the main thing is to keep your communication open with your tenants. So sorry, that's for the month of April. Paid in the month of April, but for the month of May. Got you. Yeah. So we went from from three to five percent to fifteen percent to twenty five percent, basically. Yeah, yeah, which is quite a big increase. You know, I mean, our yeah. our collections are usually really, really good. Um, you know, but I'd say that uh, I think the most important thing from sort of a property management business or from a person owning owning a property is to have communication with your tenant open and just make contact with the tenant and say, listen, are you affected by COVID? Do you still have a job? Um, if you don't, um, would you like a payment holiday? Um, and, you know, if, if the tenant would like a payment holiday, you know, you can turn around to your bank, you know, if you've got a if you've got finance over the property and say, listen, my tenant isn't able to pay rent. Can I also have a payment holiday? And a couple of our owners have done that, you know, so they've actually gone to the, their, their banks and said, you know, our tenant isn't able to pay. And they've given the tenant a three-month payment holiday. Um, and then the, the banks have given them a, th- a three-month bond holiday, you know, so it, it sort of evens out really. Uh, yeah, you know, so I think keeping the communication open is very, very important. Um, however, I'd say out of the 25%, I'd say probably 
only out of the 25% that haven't paid this month, only about 30% have communicated openly with us to say, listen, uh, please can you speak to the owner and make a plan for us? And the others are just keeping quiet. Wow. Yeah, you know, and the difficulty for us is that, you know, we can't get, you know, we can't sort of, um, we don't know how long COVID's going to last. We can't stop the eviction process. I mean, we can send lawyers' letters um, and we can list them on TPN and get them listed on ITC. However, um, there's nothing much we can do. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah, we're just trying to sort of keep the communication open with the tenants, keep the communication open with the owners um, and really see how it goes from there. And of, of the the twenty five percent, have you got some guys who are earning money who just um, decided that they rather going to see where things go? And so, in other words, they're taking a chance. Or um, what percentage of those are really in financial difficulty and unable to pay their rent right now? Do you know? No, I don't really know that percentage. You know, but I, I would say that most. I would say that most people. Um, have have been put onto voluntary leave or have been retrenched and whose businesses have actually gone under you know i mean it's uh it's incredible to see how many businesses ha have been affected by covid mm. um and literally what employers have been doing is they just you know get their hr or labor lawyers to put people on unpaid leave mm. uh, so they don't have to go through the retrenchment process um and there's nothing you can really do you know, so they're not firing you. They're just saying, you know, we don't expect you to work, you know, but you're on unpaid leave until the market picks up again and then we can re-employ you. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting ride. Um, on the, you know, on the sort of property management side, you know, on the body corporate side. Mm, that was my next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So on the body corporate side, you know, we haven't uh, – really found a massive drop-off. Um, so that's with levy collection, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I mean, I think that it, it, it would affect tenants. It, it seemed to have affected tenants more. You know, with property owners, um, I'd say it's less, less of a risk than tenants. Um, so... Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... I think that people who have qualified to have uh, to to actually get a bond and to own a property um, are, in our experience, more sort of credit and risk conscious. You know, the tenants. You know, so a person who's qualified for a bond, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if they've if they've bought an eight hundred thousand rand property, you know, that you know they they're earning twenty five thousand rand a month. Um, and you know they've qualified for a bond, which means that generally you know that you know they would be employed by a preferred employer like a bank, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that they've got more to lose. Um, there are some complex that we manage, you know, whose reserves are in a very good place, and they've actually turned around to the entire complex and said, for the next three months, um, we'll take out of the maintenance reserve account um, and we'll pay everybody's levies. You know, Definitely. yeah, you know, so that's really helped. That's really helped with a couple of complexes. Um, but those are definitely um, in the minority. <laughs> yeah, yes, I mean, look, I mean, they shouldn't, yeah, look, I mean, they shouldn't really be in the minority. I mean, if they've sort of 
you know, if these complex has been managed well and the managing agents have budgeted correctly from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel that everyone should at this time, you know, instead of deciding to do a painting project or something like that, that can mm-hmm. be put on hold um, and levies can be paid. Um, so we, we're not finding it so much from like a property man or body corporate management side, more from a rental management mm-hmm. side, yeah. I also think that it's got something to do with the banks that are, I mean, all of the banks have to some extent in their own way come to the party to help um, relieve mortgage holders. Um, and so property owners are able to um, to use some of those funds to pay things like body corporate levies. Um, so that might also be a reason. Yeah, I Look, I mean, I think it's also just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, with my staff as well, you know, it's just about communicating with the financial institutions, you know, I mean, don't put your head in the sand and say, I can't pay and then don't pay. Rather speak to your mm-hmm. bank and say, listen, um, my company has reduced my salary by 30%, for example, uh, please can I have a payment holiday on my insurance, on my car, and speak to your landlord on your rent and if you can do that, um, it shouldn't really affect you. You know, it's when you put your head in the sand and you think, well, I'm not going to pay it. Uh, you know, the credit card companies don't know, the um, yeah. car financing people don't know, and then it actually affects your credit history. You know, so it's just about communicating with the institutions. We're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and moving on from there. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know that technically, legally, you're not allowed to be moving right now. But uh, I also know that that's not really the case. I mean, I, I've had movements on um, on a couple of my properties. Um, I'm fortunate in this market in that I've got um, a couple of um, more short-term Airbnb where things are furnished. Um, and I've had quite a lot of activity in that market. I mean, just as an example, um, the other day I had um, a booking from someone who said – that she's sending her husband away for a, a, a break from the kids <laughs> for a couple of days. So, you know, I'm certainly seeing um, a lot of activity in that market. Are you seeing any activity in, in rentals and, and tenants moving about and changing environments in this market? Um, not really. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really based on the rules of the body corporate. You know, so, I mean, we, in the beginning, you know, there was no movement at all, you know, and we had a couple of, um, a couple of times where tenants were moving out and, you know, the security and trustees got a hold of our estate managers and they sort of asked us, you know, um, the example with this one was it, it was actually a fully furnished apartment and we couldn't get hold of the owners um, and the tenants were moving out, you know, but they were packing furniture into the car. You know, so we didn't know from our perspective whether the tenant was allowed to move out um, or if the, te- I mean, under law, they weren't allowed to move out, but if they'd got permission from the owner to move out or if they were moving out and actually stealing the furniture, you know, so what we, and, and we couldn't get hold of the owners, you know, so what we did is we got the security company to uh, call the police. We told the tenant that they couldn't move out and we let the police come to the complex and actually deal with it. Um so yeah, I mean it 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 depends on the rules of the sta- the estate. However, now you know if leases were done before the lockdown, um, you know people are still allowed 
to move. And now that's been sort of raised again and people are actually allowed to move, you know, but the question is people are allowed to move, but they're not allowed to view the property. So it's a little bit of a gray area, you know, whether you've, you know, whether they're actually going to view the property now, backdating it from during the lockdown period or before the lockdown period and then moving, you know, so it's a little bit of a gray area and, you know, but honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's completely killing the industry. People can't do, um, yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got 14 agents working for us. We haven't been able to do any rentals uh, for the last two months. We're down a million rand in revenue on the rental side and sales, uh, you know, it's, it's not often that you get people to purchase a property without actually viewing, viewing it in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and although we've got essential services for our businesses as well, you know, we've got agents that are sort of trying to do deals during this period and agents who are not. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a gray area. I mean, I don't blame the agents that want to do deals because they have to live and they've made no money for the last, you know, they on a commission basis only, and they've mm-hmm. made no money over the last two months. The deeds office is closed. I mean, it opened last week. Monday or Tuesday, you know, so now sort of deals are going to go through, but they're going to prioritize deals, you know, that were lodged just before lockdown. And, you know, there's only 30% of the staff in the deeds office is going to be massive backlogs, you know, so for any sales and rental agents waiting for properties to register, you know, they're just, we're just going to wait and wait and wait. And I honestly, uh, I don't agree with it. (laughs) And, and I mean, there's there's further complications to that because in the meantime, um, rates clearance certificates have been expiring. I mean, they're not valid for longer than two months anyway, and we're two months into lockdown. So, you know, technically, all of those need to go back and get new clearance figures sorted out. And um, and in, in my experience, that that's when that happens. There's all kinds of other complications that come out of that, and it's a huge timing implication. So I don't know if you've heard of them um, waiving any of those um, of those expiry dates um, to accommodate something um, to accommodate for um, quicker transfers. Yeah. So you know we 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 seriously backlog then. Yeah. No. 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 I mean I haven't heard about that. I mean a, an example is my offices. Um, yeah. I mean we sold the offices a while back, and uh, you know they uh, we were sort of ready to lodge just before lockdown happened um and we're going to need to apply for extended clearance figures um and that's going to cost more money it's going to take more time and then you're going to have to um you're going to have to apply for extended levy figures as well and there's more costs to that and then it's a timing implication you know so i mean yeah i mean it's a nightmare um you know but i think all industries are sort of well not all you know but most most industries are, are in the same boat. I mean, you have a look at restaurants. I mean, I have a look at my friends that own restaurants at the moment, you know, they just, they literally closing their doors and it's really not right. You know, I mean, the, you know, going into the sort of, yeah, you know, like the, what 200 people have, you know, passed away from COVID over the period, you know, I mean, I don't know the stats, but I'm pretty sure that the suicide rate over that time, because of people losing their jobs, more people have passed away from that, you know? So, I mean, look, I mean, it's a complicated matter, but, uh, you know, really, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I personally, I don't think that the economy will ever recover from this, you know? So, I mean, it's just. Yeah, I actually, I agree with you. So on that, 
Um, how do you see this shaping the future of the property industry? What, what changes do you see coming? Yeah, so I think that from a residential perspective, you know, I think that I think that people are going to want to live in more sort of lifestyle center orientated complexes, you know. So, I mean, if you have a look at the Baldwin complex, for example, um, you know, they really do have it right in terms of what they offer. Uh, so you are living in a really massive complexes. I mean, the Baldwin's that are being built these days, you know, they're a thousand units and over. However, you know, there's sort of, you know, there's sort of um, office space, there's restaurants, there's, um, there's Wi-Fi, there's, there's pools, there's uh, health spas, there's absolutely everything you need within your complex, you know. So I think that people are going to be looking at that, um, you know, where they don't have to leave as much and they sort of have access to everything within the complex, you know. So I think, uh, you know, a company like Baldwin are, are going to continue doing really, really well. I mean, they were doing well before the lockdown, you know, launching Maniaka in Waterfall um, and literally selling uh, 780 million rand worth of sales in one week. I mean, it was unbelievable, you know. So I think that when people are, you know, when when companies like Baldwin and the construction industry are allowed to um, build again, I think that that company is going to go from strength to strength. Um, I think in the commercial office uh, space, I think people are going to relook at do they have to be spending all that money on rental? I mean, even I'm in a position now where, where um, you know, I purchased my, my office park in 2010, you know, because it was a preconception that owning your offices was the right thing to do. And, you know, you can't rent and things like that. I've completely changed my attitude towards that. Um, uh, you know, I bought in 2010, I sold in 2020, and I've had zero capital appreciation. The levies and the rates are through the roof. And they're really, really expensive. And with lockdown and, you know, especially on our property management side, you know, the annuity side, portfolio managers are able to work from home. Um, mm. And, you know, maybe having a look at a fully furnished space, you know, like a WeWork or, um, or, or you know, just like a cheaper sort of hotspot office place, you know, that people people uh, do have a base and can go into the office but, but can work from home and save money like that. Um, I think people, I think more and more people are going to be looking at that. Uh, yeah. you know, so we're in the process now of sort of deciding whether to go the fully furnished route, um, or to, uh, you know, really find a cheaper rental and just save as much on office rental as we can. Uh, yeah, yeah you know, so I, yeah, so I do think it's going to change. However, you know, I, I don't think people are going to, people when purchasing property or when renting property, they can go online, they can have a look, uh, you know, they can get most of the information. I mean, you can do, you can do leases, you can do sort of electronic leases, you can do all of that stuff. But I still believe that when people want to view a property, they're still going to go there and they're still going to meet an agent and they're still going to get a feel of the place. Uh, you know, so I think that's going to continue happening. People like the personal, personal touch and property. It's not like buying shoes. Yeah. Uh, you can't sort of spend five million rand on a home without going to actually see it. Mm. Um, so maybe in the investment property market, people will be able to just have a look at the numbers. You know, they'll be able to have a look. Look, I'm buying a one bedroom for six hundred thousand. You know, interest rates are really low at the moment. I can get a rental of six five. This is my levies. This is my rates, and maybe making an offer without seeing it. I see that happening. You know, it's quite a risk though, hey, sure. Yeah, and then it is. You know, but you just have to make sure. It, 
yeah, you just need to make sure that you're dealing with a company that you trust and a person that you trust. You know, the clients that I've built up over the years, they trust me 100%. You know, when I say, um, you know, there's a property in four ways, this is the link, um, okay. go and have a look at it at our website. This is the levy, this is the rates, this is, you know, how I see the area in the next 10 years. It's going to appreciate a lot in the next 10 years. We have the, like, rock bottom i mean i thought we were at the bottom of the market before lockdown you know but after covid yeah. you know it's going to create a new rock bottom um and i think a very very good time to buy um but you have to be brave enough to actually think that we're going to come right you know so i mean yeah you just need to you just need to sort of uh, stick with a company or a person that you really really trust from an invest investment property perspective because it's really about the numbers it's about what you pay What's your yield? What's your estimated capital appreciation? Can you sell it easy? Can you rent it out easily? You know, and that's really it. Cool, Jonathan. I think that's um, a good place to leave it there then. Um, thank you so much for, for all your knowledge again. And Thanks for getting me out of uh, bed and getting me into the <laughs> office and actually <laughs> doing something, you know. <laughs> I feel fucking useless. Like I'm contributing to fucking society here. <laughs> well thank you for thanks for for contributing to to some knowledge for all my listeners appreciate it so we'll catch up soon okay ciao thank you for listening to the property wolf podcast we don't bite hard so if you'd like us to cover a specific property related subject drop us a line on cat at propertywolf.co.za that's cat with a k and wolf with two o's 